Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Keith McPherson on The Fan. 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah. Sports Talk Show, Sports Talk Radio, in the greatest city in the world, January 30th, Tuesday night, hey, I got the club going up on a Tuesday, got your girl in the club going up, PB, behind the glass, we're going to have some fun tonight, 87-7, a six, a six, and two more sixes. Call now. Call now before I even start. Hey, I, I hear you looping the beat. I hear you looping the beat. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe you missed my show late last night. KM to 2 a.m. I was on after Ben Simmons and the Nets got that win. I was happy about it. I mean, winning cures all. It's good to get a win. And... uh I'm just over the conversation around the NFL. We'll get to it. Will Lamar Jackson ever win a Super Bowl? Why aren't they being so hard on Lamar Jackson like they were on Dak Prescott or Josh Allen? Uh, how much money has Taylor Swift generated for the NFL? $330 million, not enough for her to get a new haircut before the Super Bowl. Will she make the Super Bowl coming from Japan? Dan Campbell should be in the Super Bowl, but... He uh, went for too many bites of the kneecaps, and Josh Reynolds is not built like that. And Patrick Mahomes is already the goat of all goats in all sports. He's the greatest we've ever seen play quarterback. He's Michael Jordan. We'll get there. We'll get there. We can we can hash out the AFC Championship, NFC Championship for hopefully the last time. We've got two weeks of Super Bowl coverage. We'll we'll get there, man. This is a five hour show. We've got some guests, and we'll get to them, but. First, we'll get to you. Call the number. I want to talk baseball, and I don't have to force the baseball conversation. If you listen to me, you know every night I'm like, hey, let's get to the baseball. Let's find a way to fit the baseball conversation in there. It's off-season talk for the Jets and the Giants. It doesn't really matter what you want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. We will obviously get to the New York Knicks tonight. OG Ananobi will not be playing second half of a back-to-back as the Knicks Host the Utah Jazz, who got smoked by the Brooklyn Nets. Who would have known? Who would have guessed? But the baseball conversation is right there. I want it. I need it. It's right there for the taking. Breaking news. The Baltimore Orioles owner, John Angelos, 
is selling the team to a pair of private equity billionaires. David Ruber, David Rubenstein and Mike Arrogetti? I, I have no idea who they are. Maybe you know who they are. But this just broke as I was in the newsroom. I pulled up some things about them. We'll get into it. It really doesn't matter who they are. What matters, Yankee fans, baseball fans, Mets fans as well, right? You guys are under new ownership as of the last few years. I mean, they just bought the Baltimore Orioles for $1.725 billion. I think that's a steal. Why? I mean, the Orioles are trending up. The Orioles won 101 games last year. Obviously, those young boys choked in the postseason, but the whole AL East did. But this is scary for the Yankee fan because I know myself, I said, oh, <laughs> good luck trying to pay all those guys. Gunnar Henderson, Adley Rutschman. They had a few other guys come up, and now they've got Jackson Holiday on the rise, the top rookie expected to break in this year, son of Matt Holiday, former Yankee. But Orioles owner John Angelos once said the only way the team could afford to keep its young core in Baltimore would be by raising prices massively. And they sold out games in Baltimore. Most Yankee fans, we go down to Camden Yards and take over Camden Yards as Yankee Stadium South. Cheap tickets. You can sit right behind the Yankees' dugout, go to Pickles, get a hotel. It's it's a nice little trip and uh, not that far of a drive. But the quote last year in August was, let's say we sat down and showed you the financials for the Orioles. You will quickly see that when people talk about giving this player $200 million, that player $150 million, which let me just stop the quote right there. You're talking about giving players $200 million and $150 million. The players that you have are going to command a lot more than that. But anyway, he says, we would be so financially underwater that you'd have to raise the prices massively. So he sold the team. Good. Good on him. Get out now. Because the Orioles are back. They changed their ballpark to build a ballpark to keep Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres from hitting 20 home runs there. And now these new billionaire owners are coming in. And they're probably looking at Steve Cohen, right? They're probably looking at George Steinbrenner. They're probably looking at the ownership group of the Los Angeles Dodgers saying, hey, we want to spend and we want to be able to compete right away with these other teams in Major League Baseball. And we have the farm system. We have the young guys. Let's do it. 877-337-6666. Speaking of spending and Steve Cohen and Justin Turner, I had said that I thought the the move for Justin Turner would be the feel-good move of this offseason. I had said that that reunion, that homecoming, would be the shot in the arm that the fan base needed to feel a little bit better about opening day, to be a little bit rejuvenated about where they are in this first year of David Stern's tenure. But I guess they were dead serious about that $10 million budget that they had left to spend and Adam Adovino took half of that, right? They said they had $10 million left for relievers. Adam Adovino just took $4.5 million for a one-year deal, came back. Didn't he opt out? If he took half of that and that stopped you from signing Justin Turner, bringing him home for, I don't know, what he signed for, $13 million? That's unfortunate, man. That just shows you where they are, or, I mean, really just shows you where they're at. They're not interested in that. They're not looking for a bat. I heard Evan come on, just give me a stick. 
And, you know, this morning I saw that, and I immediately was like, this is the Mets' fault. He's going to the Toronto Blue Jays, Yankee fans. Justin Turner came here, and he hit a ball off of John Sterling's head last year. He's back in the division to do more damage. And I heard the conversation around maybe these players don't want to sign with the Mets, but I highly doubt Justin Turner signed with the Boston Red Sox last year thinking they were going to win a World Series. And he was pretty good. He was pretty serviceable. I mean, he killed the Yankees, of course. The Red Sox crushed the Yankees. Can't wait for some get back this year. But I, I look at Justin Turner as a professional hitter and a leader in the clubhouse, a guy that's been around the block, a guy that has been with the you know big market teams, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Red Sox now going to Toronto with the Blue Jays. And I'm looking at the Blue Jays like, okay, they've done a couple things here. They've done a couple things here. IKF is over there now. And uh, they signed the kid Uriel Rodriguez. Like, I, I've been saying that in the... American League, no one has done more than the Yankees, but I see what the Toronto Blue Jays are doing. Vladimir Whopper Jr. just came out on the cover of the show today. <laughs> I saw one of his quotes. Again, he says, this is my year. For the last three to four years, this guy has been talking about, this is our year, this is my year, this is the movie, this is the prequel, this is the trick. Like, they're fraudulent. All talk, whether it's Alec Manoa, no Showa, whether it's uh, Vladdy getting on the microphone at a, a, a team event, these guys going on podcasts, they love to talk about what they're going to do, and then they never actually do it. They also got swept out of the postseason. I can't wait for baseball to start. I can't wait for baseball to start. And I know that Yankee fans and Mets fans aren't satisfied with the offseason, but it's a slow offseason for everyone. It's a slow offseason for the sport. It's not good for the sport. It is what it is. But then I see a report come out, which got some Yankee fans and Mets fans going, and I wanted to clear something up, and I'll do that before we go to break. 877-337-6666. You know, Noah Syndergaard, the uh, artist formerly known as Thor, he is trying to get signed. And, I mean, there's a bunch of guys trying to get signed. I, I hear the conversation around Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman. Scott Boris is out there, can't get his guys into camp, and we're running out of time. It'll be February in two days. And uh, I see the John Heyman report, not the one about Greg Allen back to the Yankees on a minor league deal. Whatever, fine. Third tour of Greg Allen. Come come on down, Greg. Hopefully we don't lose uh, four outfielders and actually need you. But I see the report that, you know, John Heyman leads with the first word of his tweet is Yankees. And I just have to clear this up and remind you guys, it's Yankees for clicks. The Yankees were in on Blake Snell. Now I read that Hal Steinbrenner is out on Blake Snell. So we can put that to bed. The Yankee fans saying, we got to get Snell. We, we got to sign Snell. We need a no number two. Well, report came out that Hal Steinbrenner is, uh, is good on that. And the Yankees are out. Maybe that's a tactic. Maybe they're looking for... Boris to come off that nine-year, $270 million price hike, whatever. I don't I don't really care to play pay Blake Snell that much money. I think you, you step in and, and see what you got. And speaking of stepping in and seeing what you got, you know that the Yankees are going to do their due diligence, whether it's Corey Kluber throwing for teams or David Robertson throwing for teams. John Heyman led with the Yankees are among about 15 teams that have gone to watch one of Noah Syndergaard's pen sessions. Their interest level is unknown, but he was said to be in the mid-90s. 15 teams? I just heard Evan and Sean and Lugie talking about there's 30 teams in the league. Out of 15 teams, there's only one team that you chose to cite? I know John is 
in New York. I run into John in the media area at the you know Yankee Stadium, and I, like I just get it as Yankees for clicks. But I see people jumping to the conclusion of, oh, Yankees want more of our leftovers. Marcus Stroman. This would be like them. Uh, no, they they made fun of us signing Luis Severino and Harrison Bader if they sign Noah Syndergaard. Like first off, it's not the same. What the Mets have done is take three pieces from an 82-80 and 80 season for the New York Yankees, which is the worst season I can recall. They take the bench coach and make him their manager after they missed out on Craig Council and they just wanted a guy that was going to listen to David Stearns. Fine. Congrats, Mendy. I hope he does a great job. I wish him luck. But then they want to get him a couple guys that he's familiar with, so they go out and get arguably the worst starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, and they sign him early. That was one of the first signings. And $13 million for Luis Severino as a hope, maybe. I guess Steve Cohen has the money to blow. But then you throw $10 million to Harrison Bader off the year that he had where the Yankees put him on waivers. It's not the same energy taking those guys specifically from their last uniform being the Yankees pinstripes to putting them in Queens because they know the market, they're familiar with the area, whatever. Marcus Stroman, Chicago Cubs to the New York Yankees, and Noah Syndergaard, I understand Thor was the man, and I understand what he did here, Thor bobblehead day, World Series, all that, but uh, last I checked, he was with the Cleveland Guardians, and before that, he was with the Los Angeles Dodgers, before that, he was with the Phillies, before that, he was with the Angels, so it's not the same. 877-337-6666, and yo, nobody said the Yankees are signing him, they just went and did their due diligence with the other half of the league. So we'll start with the baseball conversations. I'll mix in plenty of NFL talk as, you know, now the coaching hires are pretty much said. And, you know, after the weekend that just was, there's plenty conversations around the teams that failed and this rematch of the 2020 Super Bowl. And we'll get into all of that. I do want to talk NHL at one point. Uh, Shout out to Barrett Media. I saw that they put out an article about how ESPN viewership is up over these years, similar to how the NFL viewership is just skyrocketing. And also, we're coming up on NHL All-Star, so if some of you will indulge me in that, we'll have some puck conversations later. And, of course, the NBA. Go New York, go New York, go. Julius Randle is out three to six weeks. They're being cautious right now with OG Ananobi. But the Knicks definitely can handle business tonight with Jalen Brunson standing on the fact that he will be an all-star and should have been a starter. The Knicks have 30 wins. They're looking for a win eight in in a row tonight against a 500 Jazz team that I don't know what happened to them. They were rolling. They had a win streak. They were scoring over 120 points. They came into Brooklyn last night, and they were out of sorts, and it couldn't all have been just because of Ben Simmons. All right, quarter after seven, Keith McPherson on the fan. There it is, PB. Man, this song dropped like 10 years ago now. McConan. Is McConan still with us? That's actually a great question. I, I have no idea. Let me check. I feel like, I mean, not joking about it all. He disappeared off the scene, but he's one. Uh, no, there's another guy that Drake, like, helped put on that, that passed. Can't think of the guy's name. It's not McConan. McConan is 34 years old, somewhere out in LA, according to Wikipedia. Keith McPherson on the fan in New York. 
taking your calls. We're going to start with the baseball, and then we'll beat the NFL conversation to death, as we always do. And then uh, the Knicks will play. We'll bring in Ian Begley at halftime of the Knicks game. Ian Begley covers the New York Knicks for a few different outlets. I've had Ian on before. Uh, We want to get him on at halftime, so we'll see how that plays. The Knicks game starts in a few minutes. Ian Begley reports for SNY. And uh, we're also going to bring in Tim Healy to talk Mets, as the Mets do not bring home Justin Turner. And their latest signing was Adam Adovino. That's a that's a Yankee reference. I know Mets fans can relate, but watching Adovino in the postseason his last year with the Yankees, he was Adam Adovino. Don't throw that pitch. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Adam out of No, don't leave that hanging over the plate. (laughs) He's back. He's back. Back in the New York groove. Josh is up in the Bronx where the Yankees play. What up, Josh? Oh, Keith McPherson. Hey. One point I'd like to make before I get to my Yankee point. When you got down to spring training, can you line, you know, could you line up some guests from the spring training when you come back? And also, my Yankee point is, like I was telling Pat Boyle on the other side of the glass, great job he always does. My point is, you know, I agree with you 100%, but Soto, Verdugo, you know, the Yankees, man, they're going, they're going to crush more than 82 wins. They'll, they'll get 100-plus with Soto and these guys. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Go ahead, Keith. Take it. It's your show. You know where I'm going with this, bro. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Josh, leading us off as always. See, when I, when I do the open and I'm like, call now, call now, Josh is like, ready. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to say the Yankees are going to win over 100 games. They should have won over 100 games two years ago, and they came up short in uh, Texas against the Rangers with 99. And that one win short propelled the Texas Rangers on the next year to win the World Series. I don't think it works exactly like that. But the over-under is set at 93.5 wins for this Yankee team. I've been saying 92. I just have watched too much of the Yankees being hurt blowing games, not being able to hit. I know this is a better team, but I, I need to see it first. It's on paper. I was talking last night about everything. On paper, on paper, on paper, on paper, on paper. They'll tell you that the, the Chiefs aren't that good this year, and they're underdogs against the Bills, and they're underdogs against the Ravens. Then you see the game, and you realize, oh, those are the champs. They do this every year. This is not new for them. It doesn't matter what happened in a regular season. They know what to do 
in the playoffs. So do the Yankees know what to do in the playoffs this year? I hope so. I, I think the biggest thing for me, it might not blow you away on paper what they did this offseason, but they don't put swag and bravado and energy and confidence on paper, but you know that about Alex Verdugo. You know that about Juan Soto. You know that about Marcus Stroman. You know that about a healthy Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, hopefully a healthy Carlos Rodon looking to bounce back and prove something. Same with a healthy Nestor Cortez looking to get to his second All-Star game. Young guys like Anthony Volpe, Austin Wells, don't forget about Jason Dominguez wanting to assert themselves as pro ball players. It's going to be a, a fun ride to see if guys like Rizzo, Stanton, LeMayu are over the hill if they're cooked. If they're done, I know they're not ready to hang it up. I know they're not ready to say, oh, I'm, I'm an old guy out here with these young guys. They, they still can play and compete. Glaber Torres is in a walk year. Juan Soto is in a walk year. There's going to be a lot to prove. Iron sharpens iron, and I think that competition level brings out the best in guys. High tide raises all ships. I was just reading an article today on MLB.com, and they have Juan Soto as the best player on this Yankees team. And he's out to make $600 million, so... High tide raises all boats. I, I think they're all going to raise their compete level, and I think that's going to be infectious. So I'm leaning on that. And, of course, Aaron Boone to manage all the personalities and lead the way. Phil is in Stanford, Connecticut on the fan. Go for it, Phil. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, no problem. Um, I think just to your, to your point and everything, I think the Yankees are primed for a good year, but it all rests on Boone, I think. He's had... Nothing but, you know, really talented rosters since he's, you know, been a manager in the MLB. And they've come up short. They've gotten on some good runs, but ultimately they've come up short. So I don't know. I don't know where they where they stand. Right, that. right. And that's that's why you watch, and that's why you show up to the stadium and watch the games. Thanks for the call, Phil. That's why you hope that this is the year. It's been 15 years. You know, I was saying that Aaron Boone has been on tour. Last night he was with John Boy and Jake, the talking Yank guy, Yanks guys at um, uh, Downtown Social in Manhattan. Saturday he was with me in the Jersey Shore area at Baseline Social. We did a Q&A there for the people that live around Oceanport at Fort Monmouth. Just the week before he was on Evan and Tiki. He was on the show with Joel Sherman and John Heyman, their podcast. He did the Foul Territory podcast with Eric Kratz and Todd Frazier and Scott Braun and you know, he was at the Aaron Judge All Rise Gala. Of course, he would be there. He was also there when, you know, Garrett Cole collected his AL Cy Young Award. Like, he is very visible right now. And uh, I asked him, I'm like, is that planned? Is that on purpose? Right? <laughs> like, you're not ducking 82 and 80. You're not hiding from uh, one of the worst seasons that any Yankee manager has to wear on their resume. And he's like, no, it's not planned, but. If I'm available and people request me, I'm I'm going to do it. He's he's a well-spoken guy, and you got to remember that before he was a manager, where did he manage? Nowhere. He was a TV guy. And I've got a ton of respect for Aaron Boone as far as his life and his career. Uh, I said he's an American icon, but for him to really become iconic, he has to win a World Series as the Yankees manager. 877-337-6666. I asked him a bunch of questions. I didn't. I didn't get to ask all the questions that I wanted because I didn't want to make it a one-on-one interview all about me. It was an interactive Q&A. We passed the mic around and had about, you know, 15 different kids ask questions and probably like, you know, five to 10 adults. 
Um, Boone was great. He signed autographs. He took selfies. And he, he, he answered real questions about the lineup, right? I asked him about the lineup construction and, and health of the team. And if the team is healthy, like, can we get a consistent lineup this year, right? The Texas Rangers run the same guys out there every game. The Atlanta Braves run the same guys out there in the same spots in the lineup, same spots in the field every game. Can we get that? And he said, yeah, you can only, you know, work with the guys that you have. Obviously, he doesn't field the team. And he he also alluded to the fact that now they have the balance that they did not have, Brian Cashman. Now they have the balance with the left-handed hitters added. Just in one offseason, you add Alex Verdugo, Trent Grisham, and Juan Soto as left-handed hitters in your outfield. You don't have an outfield with a bunch of right-handed infielders like, I don't know, Jake Bowers and uh, guys that you're converting like IKF. So I, I expect there to be more consistency, but I also know that, as I said, Watching the Yankees, I'm not picking them to win 100 games because they're going to have a month. Maybe the dog days hit. Maybe they have a month early. Maybe we go to spring training in uh, two, three weeks, and guys report and have their physicals and start throwing and running, and there's three guys hurt. You've seen it. You've experienced it. You've lived it. Um, So with with health always in mind and the Yankees leading the league in IL trips since 2019 when we – uh, got to learn about Gio Urshela and Mike Talkman and all these backups and replacement guys that kind of, you know, filled in. They're still going to have scheduled rest. They're still going to have days off for guys. It's just what they do. It's just their formula. Whether you think that's analytics, people beep, a computer saying Aaron Judge must rest on getaway day before travel. Give him the double off day. Like, whatever. It is what it is. They're not changing that because of the injury history They've had 877-337-6666. I also asked Aaron Boone about him getting ejected, him being thrown out of the games. I've been at Yankee games where I'm in legends. I could hear the dugout rumbling, and he said, you know, a lot of times that's me like standing up for the players and getting in front of the players so they don't get thrown out of the game. And I respect that, right? Boone getting thrown out of the game, I think it affects the game because – I think that the the umpires have it out for the Yankees. I remember someone making t-shirts a few years back, Yankees versus the umps. Everybody knows about the savages in the box rant in those t-shirts, but there was also this like Yankees versus the umps, Guardy banging on the dugout. That seems so long ago now, but those same umps are still calling these games. And they're a brotherhood. They have a coat of arms, right? I forget that guy. Was his name Brendan that they tightened up? He was a young umpire, and I think they felt like Boone embarrassed him. I was at that game. It was David Cohn bobblehead day. I think it was a doubleheader that day, a rain-delayed doubleheader, and it was quiet. I remember I was working uh, downtown by the, like, South Street Seaport, and I didn't even – I wasn't planning on going to the game. I didn't even have Yankee gear on. I went to the game in a polo because I ended up getting free tickets, and I'm like, all right, I just left work and went to the game. It was crickets in there, and that's how you were able to hear the savages in the box rant because those mics were hot. There weren't – you know, 50,000 screaming fans in there. I don't even think there was 15,000 fans in there. But what, I, what I'm saying is I, I asked Booney about getting ejected and if that if he feels that affects the way the umpires call the games or if they already have it in their mind. And, you know, some of these umpires are terrible. And last year, he went viral mimicking Laz Diaz. And he said, you know, it's, it's part of the game. He said he starts on those guys early. It's not just for the hitters. It's also for the pitchers. And having a consistent strike zone. And then he made a joke. He said, I only got tossed out once in the second half. 
And I'm like, I don't remember that. All I remember is being at one Orioles game and you got thrown out so early in the game. And I just felt like those games were so important division games against the Baltimore Orioles, who we were right there in the standings with. And you going to yell at the ump, like these guys have it out for you, Boone. You lead the league in ejections. Are you trying to cool it with that? And he said he was. He said that, you know, his daughter was kind of embarrassed. Like, what are you doing? So he might be trying to cool it with that. There's a bunch of other questions that I asked him. I got to go back to my notes. But for the most part, I think Boone is a very likable manager. And I know people have a problem with that. I know I have a problem with You've heard me joke about the pet names. Glaby, Kingy, Judgy. I'm like, they're, you know, from, you know, the standpoint of being an authority figure, you have to strike some kind of fear in these guys, right? If, if it's Glaby all the time, then Glaber Torres is going in there running into outs. Glaber Torres is out there booting ground balls that could, you know, get us out of the inning and thinking there's no real repercussions, even when there was, right? Remember that? Oakland A's series, they tried to bench Glaber Torres. They lost that first game. Then he was right back in there. So, I don't know. It was good to talk to Aaron Boone. It was great to see a lot of the Yankee fans. Shout out to you if you came out and and showed love and, and support. And, and I got to shake your hand and, and meet you and break bread and drink some beers with people. It was cool. I'm ready for the Yankee season to start. Victor is in Westchester, New York. What's up, Vic? You got it. Yeah, um... Keith, I basically have have one question, and it's based on Yankee history and stuff. Okay. Uh, a guy by the name of Clay Bellinger played for the Yankees a right. while back, a few years, and his son Cody Bellinger is still on still on the free agent market. He's a left-handed stick. He can play left field. You could have Judge in center, and Soto in right. And I just I know they got some left-handed sticks that you mentioned. But this guy's a natural. He had a, he had a couple bad years with L.A., went to Chicago, turned it around, and he's the son of a former Yankee. Why aren't they signing him? What, what What's Cashman doing out there? He's a perfect fit. Yeah, thanks for the call, Victor. A few things. Um, it's not going to happen. The money he's looking for, it's not going to happen. The Yankees haven't contacted him. It kind of circulated around Yankees' Twitter that some Yankee fans ran into him at the airport and they asked, like, yo, are you talking to the Yankees? The Yankees hit you up? And he said, I wish. He's floating out there. Scott Boris has a bunch of guys floating out there. I already mentioned Matt Chapman, Blake Snell, because he's asking for so much money for these guys. Why not wait? Why not Why not wait for the price to drop? And as far as Cody Bellinger goes, yeah, I definitely saw that as a possibility if they didn't get Juan Soto. He's a guy that can play the outfield, can play first base, left-handed hitter, but he scares me. They're not going to sign him, but he scares me because he had some some bad years where the Dodgers moved off from him. He got it going on the north side of Chicago where, you know, report came out today, that's where he's most likely going to resign. Like, they're, they're going to most likely run it back with him, see if he can do it again. I don't know what the deal is going to be, the, the amount of years or how much money, but the Yankees, once they made that Juan Soto deal, that took them out of the Cody Bellinger sweepstakes. I think a lot of us thought about Clay Bellinger and his son, and kind of connecting the dots there, but it's just not going down. Like <laughs> They don't need to spend the money for a Cody Bellinger. It'd be a possible risk, and you would hate it. As much as we want to connect the dots from his dad and his left-handed swing, and he's got a beautiful swing, it would be great in Yankee Stadium, right? If he signed a long-term deal with the Yankees and then turned into a pumpkin and struck out a bunch of times, he'd be hated. He'd be Joey Gallo. So the Yankees didn't make that move. 
I, I believe the Cubs are going to bring him back, and I think that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, they got Juan Soto. They also got Alex Verdugo and Trent Grisham. Those are three left-handed outfielders, and they have Anthony Rizzo coming back, who's not going to be going through concussion protocol. We got to cross our fingers and hope that you know he's a year older and his back doesn't flare up. But man, Anthony Rizzo was having a great start to the season. I always reference Anthony Rizzo Mandalorian bobblehead day. He was going off. And, uh, you know, he tried to push through the concussion, and the Yankees pushed him through the concussion, which was crazy because we all saw it happen, and we knew something was up. Like, Rizzo, he didn't just turn that old that fast. Nah, he couldn't think straight. He couldn't see straight. And I think he just did not want to go down after Judge was down. He felt like he had to, you know, be there to help the team, and he didn't help the team by being concussed and available. Yeah, yeah. The Knicks are back. Just in case you haven't heard, the Knicks are back. And we're back. Keith McPherson on the fan. Call us up. 877-337-6666. The fan in New York. I'm watching the game. I mean, what can I say about these Knicks? Uh, They answer the bell every time. I was watching the game on Sunday. Or was it Saturday when Julius Randle went down? It was Saturday. And immediately I'm like, oh, no, here it comes. You know, as they're rolling, as they're about to have two All-Stars, as OG Ananobi is tabbed as the greatest trade in Knicks history, they lose a starter. And that's the harsh reality of sports. But I didn't know how drastic it was going to be. It felt like it was going to be a little bit of humble pie. But no, now is not the time to be humble. They actually have a really good team, obviously a good coach. But... What I I find in this team is they play well together. They have the right pieces of the puzzle. It is finally the team chemistry. That chemistry word is used in the NBA a ton. Trust me, uh, over in Brooklyn for the last few years, they talked about the lack of chemistry as if that was the reason that, you know, things weren't working. But this this group, you can tell they know who the leaders are or who really the leader is in Jalen Brunson. Obviously, Julius is a, a leader as well, but he's down right now. And they play their roles. You, OG Ananobi stepped in and played his role right away. Didn't didn't miss a beat. There was no adjustment. RJ, IQ, thank you. OG, step in, do what you do. And now they're, they're resting him a little bit, but Dante DiVincenzo steps right up. Um, even when Hartenstein went down, you know, it's like they lose Mitchell Robinson. Hartenstein rises. Hartenstein gets hurt. Jericho Sims steps up. Precious Achua steps up. Josh Hart is a glue guy. Uh, any Any of these guys you look at, whether it's, you know, the guys like Quentin Grimes and, and Deuce, Miles McBride, raising their level of compete once the other guys moved out of the way for that bench unit. They're one of the better teams in the NBA, and I think it's real that they could challenge for the Eastern Conference Finals. 877-337-6666. Now, this Utah Jazz team, they have some names. John Collins, Lori Mackinnon, um, Markinen, Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton. But, like, I don't know... You know Taylor uh, Horton Tucker, like I don't know what their identity is. They were, they did have a, a a streak, like a nice winning streak. Then they lost some games, won a couple games, and you know last night they lost to the Nets and they got smoked. The Nets almost set their all time franchise record on them. They had 147 points on them. Ben Simmons hadn't played since November 6. He comes into that game. He's doing behind the back passes, tipping the ball to himself, dunking the ball. I'm like, what the hell? It seems like tonight. I think I just heard this is the sixth game on their road trip. 
So, I mean, West Coast teams, you guys know how it goes. West Coast teams, East Coast road trip, back-to-backs. You expect guys to be tired, but it seems like at least to start this game tonight, they've come out with the right energy. The Knicks obviously being in the Spectrum Center last night, and I got a, I got a couple Knicks fans' attention by calling out, hey, how come you guys are all celebrating taking over the Barclays Center? Nobody's calling to talk about taking over the Spectrum Center. <laughs> it's just, whatever. Neither one matters. The, the, the Hornets have nets in their name for a reason. They suck too, and they definitely don't have the fans down there in North Carolina that can compete with the New Yorkers that have moved south, and I'm sure there's a Knicks Twitter chapter that meets up whenever the Knicks play the Hornets down there, so good for the Knicks fans. They're showing up in Philly. They're showing up in North Carolina, and they can easily show up in Brooklyn and make their presence felt. It's your time. It's your time. I think they should make another trade. I think they should make another move. And I think that's just an all-in, go-for-it move, right? When I talk about the Dodgers, I, I talk about the Dodgers going for it at every chance they get. Trade deadline. They're going to make a move. They're going to add. They'll, they'll add a Joey Gallo, whatever, send him. And in free agency, you know they're always spending. They're always adding. Like, look at the Dodgers in the last couple of years. Yeah, we'll take Mookie Betts in a trade. Yeah, but Freddie Freeman's available. Braves, you don't want to pay. We'll take him. Shohei and Yamamoto. Yamamotani, one Billy, no problem. I just respect teams that are always going for it. That's what you want as a fan. You want a team that's going for it. And I tip my cap to this Knicks front office and the team that they've put together, you know, removing the Kevin Knoxes and Cam Reddishes of the world, not being afraid to part with R.J. Barrett and IQ homegrown talent, finding the right pieces like a Josh Hart last year, picking up a Dante DiVincenzo, adding an OG Ananobi, finding the right chemistry because it felt like they were getting stale. It felt like they had a lot of the same guys, a lot of redundant players, but now it doesn't feel like that. I think if they add another score in the absence of Julius Randle over these next three to six weeks, it can only help. You know, I don't know exactly who you got to give up or who you're targeting. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's name has been thrown out there. DeJounte Murray's name has been thrown out there. You'll get to see Jordan Clarkson tonight. I'm pretty sure Jordan Clarkson is in the game. Um, I don't think they would be resting him. Yeah, he's playing. So maybe Jordan Clarkson. But you you can't replace a, a Julius Randle. But I also don't think you can mess up, you know, the chemistry of the team. I hear a lot of that. Oh, you don't want to you don't want to subtract the guy and add the wrong guy to the team. Nah, it, it seems like these guys like each other. Obviously, some of that comes from three Villanova Wildcats that played college together and spent a lot of time together and had a lot of success winning championships together. That's a big part of it. And then the rest of the guys Kind of fall in line with that. Watching the game last night, you know, DiVincenzo was being interviewed, and he said, you know, we play music together. We hang out together. It starts off the court, and when you develop those relationships off the court, it's easy to hold each other accountable on the court and also, you know, pick each other up on the court. So eyes on the Knicks tonight. Knicks fans call me up. Now we've introduced the Knicks conversation. Um, we can talk about the Knicks for the whole rest of the time. We've got another four hours here. I've already hit the conversation around the Mets. Justin Turner signs with the Blue Jays. Adam Adovino signed over the weekend for $4.5 million now. You figure you only got five, five and a half million to add another player. I just, I highly doubt it's going to be J.D. Martinez. I definitely don't think it's going to be Jorge Soler. Maybe it's another arm. Speaking of arms, we talked about Noah Syndergaard. Thor is trying to get signed by a team. Half the league went to see him. But, you know, for John Heyman's purposes and Twitter purposes, you lead with the Yankees being one of those 15 teams because they move 
the needle more than anyone in baseball. 877-337-6666. Yeah, Keith, I think what you're talking about with the Knicks, yeah. with this whole trade thing, Yeah, they, they do have to make another trade here before the deadline because I think at best, Randall's out four weeks. Yeah. Right? He's out at least a month. Uh, OG with his elbow thing, probably short term. I, I, you know, what you were talking about with, you know, you don't want to throw off the chemistry, but, you, you know, you think they should make a move. I think that is the case for the first unit. I think the Knicks starting five, since they got OG, yeah. the plus minuses, just how badly they beat up other teams starting five units yeah, in the their last. defense is one of the best defenses in the league right now. They're holding teams under 100 points routinely. And this year, where we're seeing a buck 40, a buck 30 sometimes, like it's nothing. Guys putting up 60, 70 points. Luka, Book, Embiid. Nobody's doing that against the Knicks. No, but I, I think where the Knicks need the most improvement right now is that second unit, and that is why I'd rather want somebody like a Malcolm Brogdon. He could run the point for the second unit yeah. rather than throw DeJounte Murray from Atlanta into this mix where you're giving up a ton more, and then you might have actually thrown off the chemistry of this starting five because right now when Randall comes back, and I know, like again, he's out for a month, so you do need to get some reinforcements, but when this starting five is healthy, they've been the best starting five in basketball in January. In the month of January. So, I like, how much better could they get from adding DeJounte Murray? I think it could only get worse. Right. Uh, I was pointing to the screen. Look at Colin Sexton right now barking at Jalen Brunson in the garden on the floor. He's doing too much. I wouldn't poke the bear. I think the Knicks are going to have to find it maybe somewhere else tonight. It, it seems like the Utah Jazz have a lot of energy and the right attitude trying to win uh, this game after being smoked by the Nets. And, uh, you know, going back to talking about what piece you had, Malcolm Brogdon has played on good teams. He's been a former six-man of the year. You lose IQ, and the first thought is, how do you replace that scoring on the bench unit? Maybe he could be a guy. I just saw him, honestly, with the Portland Trailblazers. The Brooklyn Nets gave the Portland Trailblazers their 10th and 11th win of the season. Uh, one of the worst teams in the league now. And, uh, you know, they, they get a win in Brooklyn, and they get a win in Oregon against the Nets. But, yeah, this is an interesting game if you're trying to watch some hoops tonight or you're looking for anything to watch tonight because it seems like the Utah Jazz are putting up a fight. They're up right now 15-8. to eight. There's seven minutes in the first quarter, and there's already some jawing. There's already some back and forth. We don't have any local hockey on tonight, so it's all on the Knicks. Knicks fans, call me up. Uh, let me take a call before we get to the top of the hour and the break. Edwin is in Flushing. What's up, Edwin? You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing, Keith? I like what you've been doing. Um, big fan of yours. And uh, I, I like the point you made about uh, the Knicks taking pieces from the championship Villanova team. And I just want to talk about why don't more NBA teams do that? It just seems like it's a winning recipe. And if it's not broke, then why are you going to fix it? And why can't they, more teams do that? It seems like the Knicks have found... You it's know, hard. Like it's hard to do, especially in college it's, basketball when when a lot of these uh, guys are one and done and they don't stay. Like Jay Wright and that group, those guys stayed together. Those guys stayed and played together. And also, uh, they didn't really have one guy that was like a, a lottery pick, right? We were talking the other night about how Brunson fell, and it's kind of ridiculous to think that he's an all star and he was a second round pick. I think he was like thirty third overall. So like. It kind of, I don't know. It, that's why you tip your cap to Leon Rose and the Knicks front office for being able to get that done. I remember being at game five last year and seeing Jay Wright uh, sitting pretty close supporting his guys. So, I mean, they had some inside intel and they were able to get three of these guys together. I'm, I'm sure they, they would be interested in making a trade for Mikael Bridges, too. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like, you know, why not just add more guys? They know how to win. We know that that's 
Yeah, know, it's, it's hard to do, right? Like, did, if you look at you look yeah. at the UConn team, right, that won last year, where those guys went. You know, I just mentioned Mikel Bridges was the highest drafted guy. I mean, he got drafted by the Sixers and then got traded to the Suns. It's just it's just hard to do to say, hey, these guys won it in college. Let's try and put them together in the NBA. And there's just so much talent now coming from all across the country in college basketball as well as the G League. And, yeah, it's, it's just hard to do, but the Knicks have figured it out. Thanks, Keith. Go Niners. Go Niners. Yeah, I guess. Uh, thanks for the call, Edwin. The Niners, come on. We're not doing that. I, I, I did that last night. I guess before we go to break here, like, I just don't see Patrick. Like, I lost money betting against Patrick Mahomes thinking that he was going to go to Buffalo and lose to Josh Allen in the super hot Bills. Dumb. I lost money thinking that Lamar Jackson, the MVP, and that Ravens defense was actually going to be able to check him and Travis Kelsey. I tried to hedge. I think I put like a $25 bet on the Chiefs to cover by three. That won me like 70 bucks when I saw Kelsey and Mahomes bullying Justin Tucker on his own field. I'm like, oh, they're not playing around. I like this kind of party. They mean business. And I'm done. I'm not I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes. He already beat the 49ers. He's laughing at everybody that doubted him and thought he was an underdog chip on his shoulder. Andy Reid, they know, man, they win this Super Bowl. It is a forever dynasty locked in. It already is. But, like, Andy Reid could potentially tire, retire. Travis Kelsey could retire and go propose. And Mahomes, talk about GOAT conversation. Four Super Bowls in five years. Three rings in your first five years unheard of in the NFL. Yeah. Think about how this is his fourth Super Bowl. Think about how many playoff games he's already been in. I like Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is very good. I think he has potential to be a top 10 quarterback. But think about how dysfunctional San Francisco's offense has looked so far. In two games in, in the playoffs? Two ga- second half. Not I mean, good. They, you know, they, they should have lost both those games. Detroit gave them every, opened every door. They took it. The second half, they looked brilliant. But the first half, and for most of the game against Green Bay, yeah. this offense has not been on rhythm. And even when Debo was playing on Sunday, because he missed most of the game against the Packers, Brock Purdy right now looks nervous. And it looks like, even though last year he went to the NFC Championship game and got hurt, they're going to need him to elevate to Patrick Mahomes' level. And in his first ever Super Bowl, I think you're going to get a lot of nerves where if the Chiefs get a first-half lead, they are not letting it go. Yeah, there's so much to be said about familiar territory, been there, done that, just knowing how the Super Bowl two weeks goes. That's why they beat Baltimore, bro. Ravens right. were undisciplined, yeah. way over-emotional, oh, you know, man. stupid plays that in the moment. That game was over. That game was over before it began. There was so much hype. I, I know I was talking about how they assembled the Avengers. They had... Uh, Ed Reed and Ray Lewis come back. Terrell Suggs. Terrell Suggs. They had uh, Michael Phelps present the, like, <laughs> T-Pain perform at halftime. And, you know, they had all of this hype and excitement. None of that has to do with football. And then they get in the game, and they completely lost their identity. They have Lamar drop back 82% of the time, 16 rushing attempts. They averaged 31 rushing attempts in every game this season. They just thought that they had to get in a measuring contest with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, they're throwing the ball. Mahomes comes out and completes his first 11 passes, drives down the field. Kelsey's breaking Jerry Rice's record, scoring touchdowns. Like That's how you take the crowd out of it. And then also, I was talking about this last night, how there was a, a message out there, I think, you know, Romo and Nance might have met with the teams, and I guess there was a conversation that Mahomes had about not being hit um, and thinking that that you know the, the when he started to run, the defense wasn't going to actually lay a hit on him. Uh, speaking of laying a hit on him, what's up with Brunson? Brunson is down right now. Uh, I'll wrap this up quickly and we'll go to break. But once that was out there, 
the Ravens took that as, oh, you don't think we're going to hit you? Yeah, we're going to hit you when you come in here. Roquan Smith had a quote that said something. I'm trying to hit a cat every play. Okay, that's all tough talk until you do it illegally. And then getting into that game, they tried to be rough and tough with Patrick Mahomes, the face of the NFL. You can't do that. He's not Zach Wilson. You can't rough him up after the whistle. You can't go helmet to helmet. You can't get extra cheap shots in, land on him, and think that the whole world isn't watching and the refs aren't watching. There was obviously a memo out there, and they protected Pat Mahomes. And I watched the Chiefs, you know, basically have their way in just the first half, and that was the game. They didn't have to score any points in the second half. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.